The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz is EPM, Innovations in Enterprise Performance Management. That's EPM we're talking about are redefining how organizations around the globe are managing and growing their business. That's the important part, growing their business. So what does this mean for your company, whatever industry you're in, whatever your geographic footprint, whatever size you are, whatever maturity you are? Let's talk about new technologies. We've got mobility. We've got cloud. We've got social and beyond. They're all available to help you understand, react, and adapt to changing marketing conditions, market conditions, global events, and the all-important customer needs. What do they need? How are they behaving? What are they expecting? What are they saying about you? So the question I pose to our panel, I will introduce them in a moment, is let's help our audience find out if they're ready to embrace these emerging opportunities to become agile, that's the operative word, and do more than just merely survive. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. I've got a very smart, savvy panel. We're going to help you figure this all out, so stick around for the next 56 minutes. Got a lot coming. First up on the panel is Steve Sussman. He is the VP of Sales and Marketing for Column 5. We'll find out what that company does. And Steve sent me the following quote from Gartner, research from December 2011, still very pertinent. And the quote goes as follows. Over half of the investments made by companies in analytics tools will be wasted because of, and everybody take note of this, because of cultural immaturity, a lack of required skills, and inappropriate training levels. And I'm going to add, Steve, let the guilty admit who they are. Steve Sussman, welcome to Financial Excellence Radio. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Delighted to speak with you. Steve, interesting quote from Gartner. Research back from 2011 still applies, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's amazing. I'd say it even applied many years ago when I started in this business. And, you know, with the evolution of technology, the innovations that have been coming online and available over the last few years, you know, you would think that uh, more and more companies are in a much better position to take advantage of the technology. The opportunity is definitely there, but over and over again, we see companies still challenged with trying to leverage the, the latest in the technology around EPM to really drive the changes, the ROI that they're expecting from these projects. It's one of the things that kind of convinced me a few years back to go into the consulting side of the business to have a little more influence on customers and how mm-hmm. they're actually leveraging the technology to, to make sure they're getting the benefits. 
Steve, would you uh, you pointed out in this Gartner quote three areas: the cultural immaturity, I assume that's the corporate culture, the lack of required skills, and the inappropriate training. Sounds like that puts the blame, if I can use that awful word, in various places. Cultural immaturity belongs to the company and leadership. Required skills, a lack thereof, belongs to the hiring. And of course, inappropriate training level says you may have raw talent, but you're not bringing them up to speed. Where do you think the bulk of the of the blame is? looking is is focused on right now well it it is truly a combination i think it varies from company to company but we work quite a bit with uh, organizations that might not be first generation users of this type of technology they might have started investing in epm tools years ago even though Mm -hmm. um, we didn't necessarily call it epm you know 10 15 years ago Um, everyone is doing epm enterprise performance management even if it's through you know microsoft excel with spreadsheets so i think a lot of it is uh, more of a cultural shift how organizations are, are aligning themselves internally to view the different processes that roll into EPM, from strategic planning to financial planning, operational planning, the, the financial close, looking at that more as an integrated process across the organization with everyone participating, not just the finance team. And, and so as companies evolve and start seeing the need and the benefit of integrating these processes together, I think they're, they're forced into a situation where, where they have to change the culture a little bit. And then comes the training and the, the, the recruiting of new talent uh, to help align to that. But it does start at the top. Thank you very much, Steve. Great start to our topic. And now I'm going to turn to your co-panelist. His name is Michael Svolos. He is a senior director of enterprise performance management, which by now everybody knows is EPM, for a company called TechLink. And whereas Steve Sussman gave us a Gartner quote from 2011, very modern. We're going to dive all the way back into literary history and pick up a quote from William Shakespeare provided by Michael. And the quote is, a fool thinks himself to be wise, but a wise man knows himself to be a fool. I'm looking in the mirror, Michael. How are you, Michael Svolos? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Delighted. So talk to me. We've got Gardner on one end in the 20,000, the 2000 era here, and then we've got Will Shakespeare way back centuries ago. So why did you pick this quote for our topic today? Michael, go ahead. So, yeah, I think this quote really is timeless, and it applies in, in multiple ways. Um, if you look at the way we are now in the world of EPM and planning in particular, you know, it's important not to fall in love with what you're doing, but rather to understand why you are doing it. Uh, too often I have customers who plan and forecast a certain way only because they always have. They put a lot of stock into the, you know, quality of budget forecast they generate. Uh, you know, in many cases it doesn't even provide useful or accurate information. Uh, often these are giant exercises that take months to complete, out of date as soon as they complete them. Um, it's, it's becoming, uh, you know, bigger and bigger issue as, you know, we get these new technologies. Okay, Michael, thank you. Michael, I have a question. Do you ever know any CEOs or, or leadership team leaders in organizations who will get on stage and say to the team in, in general, the team at large, and maybe in a, a big company-wide meeting, I'm a wise man. I know myself to be a fool. Has that ever happened in your experience? Uh, you know, I've never seen it happen, but it would be, uh, it would be nice to see. You know, they, it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a quote that applies in so many ways. You know, humility is an important thing, knowing what you don't know sometimes is more important than knowing what you do know. 
Now, those are wise words, and I'm going to attribute them to Michael Folos. Thank you, Michael. And let's bring on our third panelist. It's Karuna Mukherjee. She's a Senior Director of Product Marketing in the SAP EPM team. We all know that's Enterprise Performance Management by now. And Karuna has sent me a quote from Steve Jobs. And the quote may be familiar to many of you. Innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Those are very powerful words. Karuna, welcome. How are you today? Very well, thank you, and thank you for having me on the show, Bonnie. Yes, Pleasure, those, and, are, those are very yeah. powerful words, for sure. Karuna, I have to help. thank you for helping us get this wonderful panel together and to help spearhead this topic, so I, I want to say that up front. So tell me, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. What kind of innovation are we talking about, Karuna? You know, so I kind of want to start off my comment on that saying innovation is not restricted to technology, right? Oftentimes we view innovation and technology as being synonymous, and they are so not true. Innovation, and especially, you know, from Steve Jobs' perspective, and, you know, if you, I believe he made that quote in 2006, right about the time when he was revolutionizing the whole smartphone in the music industry. Mm-hmm. It's about changing the lives of people. It's about enabling people with with new ways of doing things, with new designs and new technology. And any company or organization that is really able to adopt an innovative approach to what they are doing is truly, in my mind, a leader within their space and is truly changing lives of people. And, you know, for me, no better example than Apple. And, you know, I know we are not Mm -hmm. looking to sell or promote any products here, but really the innovation that they have brought in by their technology has truly changed, you know, education, has changed music, has changed the way we consume media. And to me, that really is, is extremely important when we talk about EPM, specifically like in this, in this scenario, on how we are able to leverage technology to just change the way organizations are doing their business, change the way organizations are going to get more agile. So, yes, very Thank powerful you. quote indeed. Karuna, I have a question for you. Tying back to what our first panelist, Steve Sussman at Column 5, said, we talk about the the wastefulness of investments in analytics tools. And one of the key issues, one of the key factors Steve emphasized in this quote from some Gartner research was cultural immaturity. My question to you, Karuna, is in your observation, taking the Steve Jobs quote, do you ever see in a finance team or an organization with a very strong finance leadership where a follower in finance will get the innovation bug, they'll get the energy, they'll get empowered, whether it's coming from the top, telling everybody, think outside the box, think outside of the spreadsheet, and come up with a great way to do this, and where the follower becomes a leader and, and makes a name for themselves and really helps the company. Do you see, a, a, in other words, an ascension from the follower role because innovation is encouraged in a particular corporate culture? Karuna? You know, absolutely, right? I mean, we would like to see more of those cases. You know, by and large, finance organizations have been considered laggards in technology adoption. But, you know, we are starting to see more of those individuals, more of those groups that they get, you can entice them. You know, they see something and they they understand the vision. They understand the value that they can bring them. And they basically become your evangelist, become your champion within that finance organization in, in adopting a technology, right? It could be something as simple as, you know what, I am now going to start doing my expenses quicker because I'm going to do it on my iPhone. Something could be as simple as that. But yes, when they look at something and they understand, they become your champion. They become the leader within, though they have been followers in the past, they now become leaders for that new innovative process. Thank you. That's exactly what I was hoping. Steve Sussman, you want to circle back and comment on what we got from Karuna just now? 
Yeah, you know, great points, Karuna. And uh, again, I think uh, the innovation, particularly the innovation that SAP has been able to deliver around this ETM space has been a catalyst for convincing a lot of organizations now is the time to, to change. Um, to, to Michael's point before, uh, the, the big challenge sometimes is convincing organizations not to just apply the technology to the existing process, but to really use that as an opportunity to rethink the process and, and how it currently operates today. And as we have new you know, uh, participants entering the workforce and, and entering these finance organizations that, that are more comfortable around technology and innovation, uh, I think we will see more of that their participation in driving that change. Uh, so I think to, to everyone's point here, you know, we can all do a good job of, of seeking those people out and helping to empower them so, so these companies can take more advantage of the technology to get the process. Thank you, Steve. Michael Spolos, you want to add to this before I ask you all what's in your cup today? Michael, any thoughts on this? Sure. Cultural? Yeah, you know, you Go know, ahead. Really, we, what everyone said is true, and we really are at the crossroads. You know, if we mm-hmm. look at what the technology is providing, the capabilities that these innovations bring us, and then to what Steve's quote mentioned around where the organizations are from a maturity standpoint, um, there's, a, there's a real crossroads going on here, and we have to find a way, organizations have to find a way to get there, to change, retrain, retool, whatever the case may be, to get to where they can enhance and use these uh, technologies to get you know, the advantage of the, just to keep up. Very good points. Thank you, Michael, Steve, and Karuna. And I have now my probably the toughest question I'm going to ask all three of you today, but I know you're prepared. Steve Sussman, let's start with you. What are you drinking right now, or what do you wish you were drinking? Talk to me. <laughs> well, right now I do have a, uh, a Kona blend of um, a dark uh, roasted coffee in my cup. And I think quite often I, I'm, it reminds me of a few years back when I was in Maui at a place, if anyone's ever been to Lahaina, there's a little shop in there called Longi that serves nothing but Maui roasted, you know, Kona coffee in a French press. And, you know, that's exactly what I try to simulate at home. It's a little tougher to simulate the uh, fresh air and smells of uh, <laughs> Maui, but um, I'm trying to get close. There's probably a Bed Bath & Beyond scent for that. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Light the candle, right? Yep. Thank you. Well, I use ja- Japanese cherry blossom uh, cologne from from uh, no, I'm bad, from um, uh, Bath and Body Works, and I got to tell you, it just puts me in a wonderful mood, especially for radio. There you go, Michael Svolis. What are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking? Talk to me. Well, I've I've already had about four cups of coffee today, so Ooh. I've moved on. Yeah, I'm a little over caffeinated, I think. Moved on to a proprietary blend I make in my juicer of uh, carrots grapefruit, oranges, and uh, a little bit of lime. So that's currently what's in my cup. Oh, you just made my cheekbones pucker up there. Any sweetener, Any uh, anything no, that you those, use? No, just those items. And I tell you, I, I probably shouldn't have given away my secret recipe because uh, my, my career after uh, consulting may, <laughs> may be gone now. Well, I we I don't think anybody's jumping up to steal your recipe, but I'll tell you, Michael, um, I I think it's only for the brave. Only for the brave. Thank oh, you very delicious. much. Let me tell you, it's for absolutely sure. delicious. It sounds energizing, enervating, wonderful. Thank you. Karuna Mukherjee, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking, as I would like to say, a time-appropriate drink, which is, which is a cup of nice, um, good old-fashioned chai. As you know, I'm from India, so you know, tea is, is, in, my, is in my blood. Uh, so again, it's, it's, it's tea you know, infused with our spices or masalas, as we call it. So it's got the cardamom, the clove, the nutmeg, the cinnamon. It really you know, infused with black tea, I think, is 
is a nice drink to have this time of the day. It's about 9.30 in the morning for me. So it's and perfect. Karuna, for I bet it smells divine. I bet there's a, an aroma coming from the tea that's probably delicious. Yes? Absolutely. Mm, okay. Well, we can only imagine that Steve's going to have to bring back that Kona aroma somehow. Steve, that's your challenge for the day. Guess what? We're going to go to break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to my very smart panel. Our topic today is Enterprise Performance Management Innovations, New Frontiers. And we're talking about mobility, cloud, social, and beyond. How can all of these new technologies be embraced by companies of any size, anywhere, any stage of maturity to vault you ahead of just surviving? How are you going to become agile enough to grow and thrive? I'm speaking with Steve Sussman, Column 5 VP. We'll find out after the break what Column 5 does. VP of Sales and Marketing, Michael Svolos, Senior Director of EPM for TechLink. We'll ask him about that company. And Karuna Mukherjee, my colleague at SAP. She's a Senior Director of Product Marketing in the SAP EPM team. Happy to have you all here. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back after a brief break. It's time for the roundtable when we come back. Put your seatbelts on. 30 minutes nonstop. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now your business needs more than just compliant reports today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision making to help companies to succeed with sap's risk and finance solutions you can provide the advisory that decision makers are looking for no matter what data source no matter where you are you can find the information you need to add value give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Welcome back. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP right here on the Business Channel. We're talking today with Steve Sussman at Column 5, Michael Svolos at TechLink, and Karina Mukherjee at SAP. Our topic is EPM Innovations, New Frontiers, and there certainly are plenty of them. Steve Sussman, I'm going to talk to you about some of the notes you sent me before the show, but before I do, why don't you give us a brief uh, 30,000 foot look at what is your company? What is Column 5? Sure. Uh, Column 5 Consulting, we're an SAP implementation partner and resale partner. 
focused exclusively on uh, the SAP Enterprise Performance Management Portfolio and Analytics Solutions. I mean, our primary focus there, Bonnie, is, is to help organizations improve their, their enterprise performance management processes. So anything from strategic planning to financial and operational planning to financial close processes by, by leveraging the latest and greatest technology available from SAP. Thank you very much, Steve. And now let's get to it. You say in your notes to me, EPM is the lifeblood of analytics. That's quite a, a picture there. I, I'm not saying I'm going to crochet it on the side of a pillow, but it certainly <laughs> is a picture. And and one more thing, you bring in, again, some Gartner information. You say Gartner sure. surveys in the past few years indicate EPM and BI, business intelligence, are the top two spending priorities, yet, this is the caveat, they're among the highest risk to implement successfully, which goes back to your open quote. Steve, get us started, please. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about before, Bonnie, and, and I think Michael and Karuna mentioned this as well. Um, there's tremendous amount of innovation available in the market today, uh, particularly coming out of SAP in this space. But the challenge that a lot of the customers face is how do you leverage that technology to really have an impact on the business? And, and like I said before, I think every organization we work with is definitely – you know, uh, doing EPM. Everyone has enterprise performance management processes in place. Uh, they're most likely not leveraging technology that's available today to do it, but, but there is mm-hmm. interest in improving it. And so the risk comes in when organizations try to maybe shortcut that process a little bit. The hardest thing to do is, usually is going back and reengineering a process, thinking how can you step outside of uh, say, a planning process that is strictly finance-oriented today and enable some level of integration across the organization in different departments and bring together you know, collaboration across various teams to participate in different aspects of the planning process. And no matter what technology you, you throw at that particular problem, uh, there is going to have to be the hard work of reworking the process and, and retraining people. So I, I think the advances in technology, particularly around BI and, and things like uh, what SAP is releasing with, with HANA and mobility capabilities, is bring a lot of different options for expanding and accelerating how companies are addressing EPM processes, but without doing the hard work up front of rethinking mm-hmm. the process. Um, they're, they're putting themselves at risk of actually seeing any value from that investment in, in the project. That sounds like wastefulness, as we mentioned in the first comment. I'm going to bring Michael Folos in at TechLink. Michael, I'm going to ask you to talk about the comments Steve Sussman made as well as your note to me. You said, while the technology is there, most organizations you interact with are not. But first, tell us, what is TechLink, Michael? Hi, thanks. Uh, TechLink is a... SAP implementation partners specializing really in all of business analytics, so SAP BW, HANA, business intelligence, and EPM solutions. Uh, we've been in business since 2003, uh, working with customers and all, you know, Fortune 500 customers in really all industries, consumer products, pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, um, utilities, high-tech, et cetera, uh, helping these organizations do what, you know, Steve pointed out are these higher-risk implementations. You know, business intelligence is, is a challenging area. Okay, and, thank and, you very and, much. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And the other, you know, to, go, to add on to what Steve had said earlier. Yes, please. Um, a lot of my customers, what they're looking for is integrated business planning. And to get there, 
you have to align the whole organization and find out what you're going to plan and what level you're going to plan it. And very often these organizations are all at very different levels of sophistication. So trying to align all of that is a very challenging task. So whose job is it, Michael? Whose job is the, the task? Is it is it the CIO's job to talk to the CFO? Is it the CFO's job to work it out with the CEO? Where does it? Who owns the responsibility for this? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, the the relationship between the CIO and the CFO has been has been really evolving over the last years. And you know, does the CIO report, report to the CFO? Does the CFO um, own this own more and more of technology than they used to? Um, I think in in this case, really, to it, it's a it's a whole organization um, has to uh, decide that this is what they want to do, and this integrated planning process is something that is you know, like I said, becoming very much more um, in demand as these technologies enable um, the, the the process to take place. But I think it's got to be obviously top down, and I think it's really more often than not I see it coming from the CFO. Uh, enabled by the CIO, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. Sounds like they're going to have to collaborate and play nicely in the sandbox together. Thank you, yeah, Michael. Yeah, not always the case either. I, I know that. We've had plenty of shows on that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Karuna, Mukherjee, talk to me about what we've been discussing with Michael and Steve, please. What are your thoughts? You know, so, you know, I completely agree with both of them. I think the one change that we are slowly starting to see, uh, especially in the area of finance, is where the CFOs have been brought, you know, are they kind of bought in on this whole innovation-based growth or innovation-based strategies to support revenue growth? So in other words, if they are involved in the IT investments, if they are involved in the IT spends, they understand what technology is going to bring to them, the risk factors are significantly reduced as companies, you know, adopt new technologies, whether it's mobile, cloud, social, or as they adopt new processes within enterprise performance management they play a significant role in determining whether it's going to be successful or not. If I recall correctly, Gartner did a research, I think this is from last year's report, and they have found that 40% more CFOs today have influence on IT investments than they did in the past. And to me, that is a, a very telling statement, a very telling statistic that this is the future, right? CFOs, Office of Finance is, uh, is understanding what they can do with technology, and they are playing a part in terms of what they're going to buy and what they're going to implement. Thank you, Karuna. Michael or Steve, any comments on what Karuna just added to the conversation before I go in another direction? You both good? Yeah, yeah this is Steve. Just, just real quick on that. Um, you know, what's interesting, as, as more and more CIOs are now reporting to CFOs, it becomes an opportunity for the CFO to look at the IT organization as either a cost center or, or a real opportunity to leverage technology for change. And, you know, it goes back to what, um, you know, I mentioned one of the reasons I, I joined more of the consulting side after years of being in software sales is I think the opportunity for customers to really leverage this type of technology starts with, you know, convincing uh, CFOs that technology can really have an impact on process change. And it's linking those two uh, components together that I think has has really driven the risk over the years and and given BI and analytics sometimes a a bad name in the market. And and I think uh, we're starting to see that trend change, which is very positive, you know, with the innovation of the technology and now what we're doing on the consulting side to make sure customers focus more on the process improvement. We're seeing the value. We're seeing the great stories come out of, 
companies implementing EPM for the first time and seeing tremendous results at the CFO level. So exciting time for, for the innovation here. It certainly is an exciting time for the C-suite to talk to each other and figure out who needs to do what with whom and get the job done. Now, I want to move. We talked in the opening that we're talking, focusing on the technologies of mobility, cloud, social, and beyond. I'm going to flip the order a little bit, and I'm going to turn to Michael Sfolos at TechLink. Michael, you sent me the following note, and I'd like you to lead off the cloud discussion. Then we'll turn to Karuna for our conversation about mobility. You said cloud changes barrier to entry for new technologies with solutions requiring more expensive hardware and often software upgrades, the people you deal with at TechLink are turning to the cloud to let them move to these new technologies much faster than in the past. So talk to us about how this is helping specifically, how is it driving back into innovations and breaking those frontiers for EPM? Michael? Well, you know, a lot of my customers are some of these larger Fortune 500 size companies. And, you know, while they do some things extremely well, one of the things they don't do well is, is shift technology very quickly. Um, and often, you know, you maybe have the CFO saying, hey, you know what, I want to go to this new platform. I want to go to HANA. I want to go to the latest version of EPM. And these things aren't able on, uh, on where they're at currently, maybe in their BI landscape. So what, this, what the cloud is enabling my customers to do is quickly and easily stand up new systems that they can, tar- they can use this new technology on. Um, in some cases, I have customers that are are using the, you know, we, you know, one example, I had a customer, we were, we were able to start and get up and running in a matter of weeks when it would take in nor- their normal hardware acquisition cycle would have been months mm-hmm. to get everything up and running that we needed. So this is helping them get there much faster. It's also enabling them to do things like proof of concept that they can take their data, try it out on the cloud, on a cloud-based system that they maybe are just using short term to validate that what they've got is going to help, is going to work, and is going to be the ROI that they're expecting. Good, and ROI still matters, doesn't it, Michael? Yes? Certainly does. Certainly does. Yeah, that's not going to go away anytime soon. And maybe the focus will be even more laser sharp on it. Uh, Karuna, you want to talk about the comments that Michael made about cloud? Love to hear your POV. Sure. You know, so, you know, cloud is interesting. I think, you know, two to three years ago, there was a lot of conversation about cloud being a cheaper option, and, you know, cloud solutions is, is you know, the cost from a cost standpoint is extremely beneficial for companies. But I think to Michael's point, it has not only reduced, you know, the barrier to entry into organizations as we develop new solutions, new software, but more importantly, it is about agility, right? And I think that is a benefit mm-hmm. that we are starting to hear a lot about, a lot of conversation around, you know, cloud is going to make businesses more agile. And that is so true because they are now able to implement and get up and running much quicker. They're able to adopt new solutions much quicker. They're able to train their users much quicker. So, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting next three to five years as, as companies really take on being cloud companies in terms of business operations, in terms of business agility. Thank you. Steve Sussman at Column 5, any thoughts about cloud before we move to something else? Talk to me. Yeah, I, I agree with Michael and Karuna on those points. I think the other expectation that uh, cloud is introducing in the marketplace is um, is predictability. And you know, quite mm-hmm. often when we're working with companies that are evaluating you know, EPM solutions and they're, they're looking at cloud offerings, uh, you ask them, what does cloud mean to you, uh, to a CFO? And usually what we hear, uh, in addition to the comments that have already been made about, uh, you know, reducing maybe the IT investment or, you know, uh, changing the, the time to value equation, it's more predictability of, of cost uh, to initially implement and to support the platform over time. So 
so, you know, for us, what, what we're trying to do is really productize some of the implementation. So we're moving away from the traditional, you know, heavy investment up front on a software perpetual license fee and a, and a large implementation and really amortize those costs over a longer period of time, make them a little more predictable and subscription-based. I think that's an expectation that the market is trying is moving towards, and, and we're definitely uh, supporting that through some more of these cloud-based offerings and productized service offerings. Thank you, Steve, very much. I want to move to the topic of mobility now, another one of our new technologies we're focusing on today in our concept of EPM Innovations, New Frontiers. Well, mobility is. Karuna Mukherjee, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, you had some interesting statements here you sent me. I'd like to expand them. You said mobility is core to a successful EPM solution. Workforces are now global and remotely connected all the time. So you say that means it's not surprising that mobility is a core element. But more important, you say EPM tools now need to be able to be interactive via a mobile device. That sounds very forward-looking. Is it happening yet, Karuna? You know, it is happening. And I kind of want to give you a very small example, right? So... In any organization, in any company, planning is such a core element, right? Whether it's financial planning, sales planning, operational planning, it's the core. It's really a very fundamental function of any company. But oftentimes what people don't realize is that the, the data that is getting fed into your plans, the information that is required to really make your planning process robust and accurate, is coming from all over. It's not just coming from those four people that are sitting in the office that have been designated the job of being the financial planners of the company, right? And an example could be, you, know, you are an oil and gas company. You have your um, your field managers that are really looking at, are sitting at the oil rig, sitting in the oil fields, that really have the latest information in what your projections are going to be, what your forecasts are going to be. They need the ability to input that latest information they have, input their numbers into the larger corporate plan. And to me, that is where EPM is going, giving you the ability, giving the users the ability to provide real-time input from where they are doing the job. The same case, you're talking about a store manager, right, in the retail industry, a manager in Gap, a manager in Old Navy. I mean, they are seeing how their products are moving. They are seeing what business they are getting. You want them to provide that information back into the larger corporate planning process. And, when, and that's why I say, right, it has to be interactive. It's not just about viewing information on my iPad. It's about giving me the ability as a store manager, as a field operator, as a plant manager to input my information, input my data in real time back into my corporate plan. Fascinating. Thank you, Karuna. Michael Svolos, any thoughts on this, on this mobility aspect we're looking at for making EPM come to life, if you will? Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I, my customers all the time are, at, you know, when I go in, it's exactly as Karuna described. You have the FP&A department, five people doing the entire plan in Excel, and where they want to go is, hey, we want to get the so data from the source. We want the salespeople on the field to put in this data. We want the cost center managers in the field, wherever they may be, to be able to put, input the data, and we want this whole process integrated, like I mentioned before. So. It's, it's becoming more and more critical that you're able to easily distribute the, the, the tasks of the planning process and collect it very easily as well. So that's becoming uh, a very big requirement at my customers. Um, it's very often the transformation they're looking to make. And obviously there's an organizational change transformation that has to go with that as well. And doing that hand-in-hand, I think, is the, the, the key to the success of these projects. 
Exactly. And I'm going to bring up one talking point from your notes, uh, Michael, that goes, I believe, to this point. You say maybe someday it's just the CFO playing with his iPad looking for opportunities. So that goes to the mobility point you've just made, yes? Absolutely. You know, maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, business, it's the whole uh, business is a game concept, right? You're playing mm-hmm. on their iPad saying, hey, you know what, look what happens if I do this. And he can sit in his office or sit wherever he is with his iPad and make changes to the forecast, make changes to the plan. And get results. You know, what happens if we're going to, you know, maybe I'm going to close a plant next year. What, what does that do to my forecast? What maybe I'm going to do, what, you know, how can, I, how can I improve profitability? What if we shifted our, our, um, our logistics around slightly, our distribution network? There's a lot of, you know, things the, the CFO could just do directly where today they have to go back to FP&A. They have to wait a week to get an answer. This, is, this enables that to happen much more quickly and, you know, on their own little iPad right there in their office. A week is just too too darn long on the beach. There you go. (laughs) We're drinking some wonderful vegetable mix. Yes, Uh, a week is just too long. Nobody's going to wait a week for anything anymore. That's just not realistic in in our connected world. Steve Sussman, any comments on our mobility thread here? Yeah, I think, uh, like Karuna and Michael mentioned, the the most common use cases we're seeing, if you you look to the customer's for their initial thought around mobility, it, it usually is, you know, allow us to view reports and drill down on this information and graphical, you know, uh, uh, dashboards on, on iPads and other mobile devices. But, uh, you know, if we challenge them again on rethinking the process, it is really getting that interaction across multiple teams, people that are out in the field, not necessarily in the office and cubes inside the finance team, but the people that are out across the organization, out in the field participating in more of the the sales or supply chain planning activities, empower them to participate in the process real time. And more often than not, um, you know, use of mobile devices is going to shrink that, that gap in terms of where the data is and how accessible it is to them at the point of making a decision. So you get them more involved in the decision process that will drive more value in the overall EPM process. Steve, would it be unrealistic to say that we could actually make some of this process that was never considered fun, we could actually put some fun in it by making it mobile and now and spontaneous and accessible on a plethora of devices wherever people are? Forget about the work-life balance issue because we can't even talk about that anymore. But would it, it be possible to say that it's actually going to be an exciting process and not a, oh, God, another spreadsheet? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole gamification concept of, of making these uh, these tools easier and more fun to use and participate in the process is key uh, to the point we were talking about before, bringing you know, new people into the workforce that, that have that expectation. You know, when they're using their mobile device and, and uh, you know, there's zero learning curve in terms of picking up a, a new iPhone and, and doing your email or playing games, you know, it should be just as easy for them to participate in the planning process, just as easy to see the impact their decisions are having on the organization. If we shrink that gap and leverage some of those technologies to, to make it more fun to use, then absolutely you're, you're um, going to get more participation in the process. Good. And it sounds like a culture change as well, which is another one of the comments we picked up from your Gartner quote at the opening of the show. Now, we've covered cloud to a degree. We've covered mobility. And we're talking about technologies that are helping EPM cross new frontiers and, and break, the boundary, break the boundaries against helping companies really thrive and move forward. So we have one more element to talk about, social and beyond. Karuna, I'm going to ask you again, would you like to introduce this topic for us? And then we'll ask Michael and Steve to chime in as well, please. 
Sure. So, you know, there is a new buzzword going around motion, right? Mobile, social. And I think to the comment you made earlier about work-life balance, I think it's, it's work-life blend. And mm-hmm. I think that is, that is best, best explained when we, when we talk about social collaboration, right? And, I'm, and oftentimes you think, okay, I'm, you know, social collaboration, you know, I'm, I have, you know, 500 friends on Facebook and I'm connected to 700 people on LinkedIn. But it, it's really more than that, right? Collaboration, mm-hmm. social collaboration is giving you the ability to communicate within a network. And that could be a micro network as, you know, a, a department within a company, a group within the company. You know, so you have a lot of new technologies like, you know, like Jam and Jive, which are really collaboration technologies, giving you the ability to, in real time, communicate with that small network, uh, whether it's related to a business process, or related to a business function. And where we are seeing a lot of change happening now is building in these collaboration capabilities, integrating these collaboration capabilities within EPM. And it's not uh, simply about, you know, let me share a document with you, but it's more about, you know, here I am, I'm looking at a financial plan. I think we can make some adjustments. I think there are some red flags that need to be talked about, you know, right there from your mobile device, from your iPad, you know, annotating something, taking a screenshot of something and just emailing it out to the person in real time, right? That's built-in collaboration. So I no longer have to, you know, go from one device to another device or, you know, start typing an email, but it's right there within the application. And the goal really is not, you know, to get friendlier within the company, which is also important, but to really, you know, share information quickly, to kind of be on the same page, to enable a faster decision-making process. So it's, it's an evolving space. You know, I'm, I will not say that we are already there. It's a mm-hmm. space where we're talking to customers, we're talking to people like Steve and Michael to get their input, that what do customers really need to build up this collaborative decision-making environment, right, from right within their EPM solutions. Thank you, Karuna. Great insights on that. Michael Svolos at TechLink, what do you think about the social, the, the motion, mobile social, which is, seems to be a continuum that's happening and, and energizing people to dive in and participate and be in real time? What do you see? Well, you know, I think Karuna made two really good points there, and, and it also ties into those points Steve made, and that this is, a, this is a technology we're all using all the time, Facebook and LinkedIn and these things, and we're used to it, and the people entering the workforce are used to it. So to be able to, to transition that into the way you do your work and into your planning process, your EPM processes, it's just a natural natural solution. And to be also to be able to, when you're sharing information like that and you're sharing in a more uh, social way, I think it enables people to be more integrated and more involved in the planning process and to be really um, have a better understanding of the whole picture. Because I think a big problem we have a lot of the time is that people doing the planning don't really see the overall strategy. And I think... Something more social like this would enable people to be able to see that and do that better. Thank you. Steve Sussman, column five. Thoughts? I uh, agree with what's been said already about the, the social connection here. I think the other aspect to social media is um, the opportunity to leverage sentiment analysis that's out there. So being able to monitor you know, how are people responding to products or services that the customer is, is offering in the marketplace and use that as a key component, a key contributor, maybe not directly into a financial plan, but into a marketing plan, into a supply chain plan as we're determining different pricing structures. Right? Um, up 
until now, there really hasn't been an opportunity to monitor how the customer is reacting uh, to, to products or services in as open a forum as social media now provides. So being able to integrate back out to that sentiment analysis and incorporate that into the planning process for things like marketing, revenue, sales, and, um, and supply chain planning is a huge opportunity. I think, Thank that's, you. I think that's a great point. Uh, you know, yeah, people today are, are so willing to share everything about themselves and do it publicly mm-hmm. and tell you everything they think. Um, <laughs> to be able to leverage that information in, your, in where you're going and what you're doing and to be able to react quickly to it. You know, if you think about all the data that's out there and all the information that people put out there, uh, you know, companies have the opportunity to react much, much faster um, to, to customer sentiment, to just the wave of, of what customers are looking for and, and asking for. Thank you very much, panel. You know what? We're going to about a minute to break. I think we're going to give you a little break early. Uh, Matt, we're going to take a break early. We're talking with Steve Sussman at Column 5 with Michael Svolos at TechLink. That's T-E-K-L-I-N-K, all one word, and Karuna Mukherjee at SAP. We've been talking all around the topic of EPM Innovations, New Frontiers. We've covered mobility. We've covered cloud. We've covered social and beyond. A lot of good information here. I'm going to give my panel a break for about a minute and a half and ask them, Steve, Michael, and Karuna, see if you can find the crystal ball, if in case you didn't bring it to the show, okay? And we're going to look ahead to the year 2020, which is just six years away, believe it or not, because we all know hindsight's 2020. So if we met again in 2020, what would you say on this topic? What innovations we're discussing will have come to fruition? What will be standard, SOP standard operating procedures? And what will the new, new innovations and new frontiers be? So I'm looking for your predictions. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We'll be right back after a very brief break with predictions. You don't want to miss this one. Matt, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now your business needs more than just compliant reports today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision making to help companies to succeed with sap's risk and finance solutions you can provide the advisory that decision makers are looking for no matter what data source no matter where you are you can find the information you need to add value give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. And we're back, and it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. I'm going to ask my three esteemed panelists to please look ahead about six years. But, you know, if your crystal ball shows you something different, tell me what the view from the top is. What will we be talking about? What will be different? And what will the new, new frontiers be in 2020? Let's start off with Steve Sussman at column five. Steve, please go ahead. Sure, Bonnie. I, I think we've been spending a lot of time in this uh, in the last hour talking about the innovations and technology and how customers can leverage that to improve their, their overall EPM processes. You know, if you fast forward, you know, six years, what I would expect is that what we view as innovative and leading edge today is actually very commonplace in six years. And, and from an EPM perspective, companies that are not leveraging that sort of technology and the innovations and connecting that to process improvement are, are definitely going to be at a competitive disadvantage. You know, today, companies that are able to leverage things like uh, in-memory computing to do more real-time analytics across their organization, leverage social media to uh, include things like sentiment analysis into their planning process, you know, thinking in terms of their, their models around EPM and extending it outside of the traditional, you know, finance-only part of the organization and connecting that in with other departments. These are all things that maybe are a little different if an organization pulls that all together today into an integrated plan and having all that data uh, and collaboration across organizations uh, immediately available. But in six years, that definitely will be commonplace. And for organizations that don't have their, their act together and can't leverage the technology and have uh, a lack of integration between their different departments from a planning perspective, they're not going to be able to respond uh, to changes in their environment and remain competitive. So from my perspective, I, I think that's what we're going to see. That's why it's such an exciting time for EPM uh, is that technology is finally you know, marrying with uh, the process improvements uh, that, that are available for organizations and transitioning into real benefit. Thank you, Steve. Quick question for you. Do you see this excitement you're talking about around the innovations in EPM? Do you see this drawing in younger people into the finance teams of the present that will be those leadership positions in the next six or 10 years? In other words, do you think millennials will come in and say, wow, it's finance. It's not boring. It's something really <laughs> exciting. I get to be social and mobile. I get to have a great title. I get to work with really interesting people and make a difference for the company from the bottom line up. Do you see that happening, Steve? Uh, we do. We're starting to see it. I think certain industries, certain size organizations, uh, it's becoming more commonplace than others. You know, uh, larger organizations have been around for, for a longer time, maybe haven't been growing as fast uh, due to their industry, whatever, maybe aren't as compelled to look to technology to drive that change. But what we're seeing, you know, in our organization here at Column 5, working with companies that are demanding this type of of, uh, technology advancement uh, just to remain competitive, typically they're in fast-moving, high-growth parts of of their industry. You look at high-tech, semiconductor companies, consumer products, uh, even some of the financial services companies, they have no choice. Body, but mm-hmm. to leverage this technology to gain a competitive advantage or, or it's going to cost them. So Thank you. They, they are leveraging the, the newer talent coming into the organization, and, and it's, it's 
demanding is, that sort of change. There so, is hope. Thank you, Steve Sussman. Yep. Michael Svolis at TechLink. I'll give you 90 seconds. Talk to me. What do you see in the crystal ball? Michael. Uh, Bonnie, I'm shocked to find out you don't think finance is sexy already. Um, <laughs> Well, now that I've met all of you, I have to change my mind. <laughs> I agree. You know, this is a very exciting time in the EPM space in particular because of these innovations and because of the technology. You know, we're finally able to do a lot of the things we've been wanting to do uh, that maybe were just impractical or impossible in the past without the technology we have now. You know, I have customers that say, you know, I want to know what's going to happen to my various product lines if the price of sugar changes by 20 cents a pound. You know, what does that do to all, to all my profitability? You know, we can tell them that now, and it's just much better. It's much more exciting. Now, as for the future, you know, thinking about what's out there, predictive analytics, uh, you know, in-memory technology, mining social media, you know, I I picture something I I like to call um, active intelligence, you know, Mm -hmm. a a system where it tells you, based on what you've told it and drivers and different things, is it monitors all of these things. It tells you what you need to do to stay on track and where you're at. So that, I think that's really where we're going to be, what we're going to see in the future. And it's sort of, you know, maybe beyond what we're doing now or what's even in the pipeline. But I, I think it's something that, that could exist for sure. Thank you very much, Michael. Great insights. And Karuna Mukherjee, I save, I, I can't say I saved the best for last. You're all the best, but you're last in the lineup. Karuna, I know we're going to talk a little bit about for the future. What is happening to the title of the CFO? Is he getting or she getting another letter in their name? Make that part of your predictions. I can give you exactly two minutes. Go. So, yes. So I think that, you know, there is a change happening, right? You're starting to hear terms like the chief financial technology officer come in. And I think it's it's very apt, given the fact that they are starting to be more involved in decisions around technology and how they're going to impact the finance organization. So, yes, so they are they're becoming the CFTO versus just the CFO. And I believe it's happening in other areas as well. You know, you're starting to see chief marketing technology officer, too. And, you know, where 2020, right, 2020 is going to be about a connected CFO. It's going to be about a CFO who has systems in place that are connected from doing predictive analytics to giving them the planning information, to giving them the forecast, giving them what, you know, where their profitability is going to be. So I almost envision the new CFO or CFTO to be wearing something like the Google Glasses where they have all the information integrated, plugged in, coming into them through multiple devices, having a Fitbit type of a device that they're wearing that is going to give them, to Michael's point, active intelligence, so give them alerts when things are going up. Mm-hmm. As an example, if they are in, you know, in the candy business and sugar prices are going up, you know, what impact that is going to have, what changes they can make, are there alternatives that they can use, what, what can they do to affect their channels, affect their profitability. So, so it's going to be all about an integrated framework framework that is functioning in real time, that is giving you assessment and analysis and really helping you plan the future of your company. I mean, that is where the CFO is going. So as Michael said, finance is already sexy, but it's going to get way sexier in 2020. It's going to be the coolest department. The coolest department. You heard it here, everyone. That's great. You know what? I have my predictions. They're not nearly as sexy as yours, Karuna. I'm going to predict that next Tuesday we'll be back with HR Trends with Game Changers at 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm going to predict further that next Wednesday we'll be back with Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific. And I'll take it either a step further, two more steps further. Next Thursday we'll be back with Future of Business with Game Changers. And a week from Memorial Day we'll be back with another live edition of this show, Financial Excellence with Game Changers. 
game changers. Thank you so much to Steve Sussman at Column 5. Thank you to Michael Svolos at TechLink. Thank you to Karuna Mukherjee at SAP. Karuna, appreciation to you for setting up this topic and inviting such interesting guests to join you on the panel. Shout out to your colleagues at SAP, Chris Grundy, Aaron Hughes, Birgit Starmans. Thank you to Matt and Ryan and Brad and everybody at the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.